1: Hello and welcome to Laguna Talk, back here with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series, our Arsenal Daily Transfer show, which we keep you guys up to date with all the latest Arsenal transformation every single day, and there is now, I believe, 81 days left of the transfer. Now, this is episode 40. We've done 40 of these shows in a row now. So if you could drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel, I really would appreciate it. As always, keeping you up to date and educating and detailing all of Arsenal's transfer targets with the Tactical Breakdown shows as well. Got a couple of those coming to you today. Fingers crossed as well. I hope you enjoyed yesterday's game. The first game, of course, the European Championships. 3-0 victory for Italy in which they absolutely dominated the Turkey side that showed nothing really at all really disappointing from Turkey but um, for my fantasy team with a Immobile, Spinazzola and Insigne it was, was a pretty good day for my fantasy team for European Championships so I was very happy with that and of course in my closed circle of friends uh, I do have France and Italy in my sweepstakes so Fingers crossed Uh, we're pushing towards a final. I mean, our sweepstakes really weird. With games like you gain money, the further your team progresses – In the tournament, so I can gain money for both France and Italy as they progress. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing those two hopefully go forward in their groups and uh, and qualify for quite late in the tournament. Anyway, I hope you're good. I hope you're well. Good morning, everyone. Let's move on to our first story of the day, which is of course about Granite Xhaka the Arsenal Swiss midfielder. Is someone that I know divides plenty of opinion, but it does look like he is on his way out, and he was asked for the first time yesterday, uh, the last time been able to speak to be honest really about his uh his future and when asked he said i am 100% focused here with the national team and i want to keep that until the end of the tournament what happens afterwards you will see then get to know about it everything else doesn't distract me i am fit and motivated and looking forward to doing a lot of things in this tournament and the team which basically says he's probably not going to leave until after the tournament now they they failed so far to get the deal done before the tournament started Uh, Whether or not this happens during it, of course, you think Emi Buendia um, was away with the Argentinian national team and they sorted his deal to Aston Villa. So this could still go through, um, but it could be a case of Granit Xhaka very much going off uh, to Roma in or just after the tournament's completion uh, when there's a bit of a break or when they get eliminated we'll see what happens with that but we may have to wait now a couple of weeks to see what's going on with his future so that's that not a big story but certainly one that we need to cover and talk about because he has been speaking about his future let's go on to the next one which revolves around Kieran Tierney. this is a bit of good news for Arsenal of course Chris Wheatley of Football London revealed the exclusive information that They have uh, identified Tierney as a player that is going to be entering contract talks with Arsenal. Of course, it was previously reported about a month ago by David Ornstein, I think it was, um, that revealed that Arsenal are looking to uh, extend this contract. But those talks have now started. Um, so thank you ever so much, Arsenal, for finally doing something good, it seems, in this market specifically, and getting these contracts sorted as early as possible. Because I am I don't know about you, but I'm sick to death of seeing Arsenal wait for the last minute to get players signed up to new deals. He deserves one, he needs it, we need him to sign one get that new deal sorted, get him signed up to a contract that's longer. Uh, so it one protects protect his value. If he does leave, it will go for a massive fee. Uh, but more importantly, that we keep holding him uh, for as long as feasibly possible. So that is a good piece of news for Arsenal as well. Without further ado, let's move on to the fun stuff and go on to the possible outs or, or rather ins of the day. And we start off with Manuel Locatelli. The Italian midfielder, of course, started and played very well in yesterday's game against Turkey. And supposedly Arsenal are keeping tabs on this guy, Look, looking at him basically throughout the tournament, seeing if he's worth pursuing. The problem is is that I imagine Sassuolo will be after a ridiculous fee and Arsenal will certainly not be the only ones interested in him there are a number of Italian sides at the top of the Serie A table that are certainly looking at uh, Locatelli he is someone that has impressed a lot since developing at Sassuolo and doing really well there and has taken that Marco Verratti spot with no problem whatsoever in fact there's a good chance he might even keep the PSG midfielder out of it for the foreseeable future in the tournament uh, if he plays like he did yesterday which was excellent he is obviously a very very good player that i think would complement a lot of arsenal's play the problem is is that typically when you see teams like juve or inter go in for these guys from the, the lesser italian clubs in the league they often you know, up sticks uh, and go off there rather than moving abroad. It's very rare you see it. Jorginho is one of the few. And to be honest, if we're thinking about the Jorginho move, you have to think about the fact that Maurizio Sarri went to Chelsea and then obviously brought him in. So you had that link. Whereas Italian players going to the Premier League, is it's not a common occurrence. It's not a common occurrence seeing them leave Serie A much at all, to be honest. So I think, I think what we will see is, is him probably move to a Juve or an Inter depending on on what happens although Inter Milan of course have got some financial trouble at the moment. Uh, let's go on to our next story. I'm trying my best to keep hold of the uh, the time codes in these as well for you guys. Um, let's scroll down to the next one, which is on Sambi Lukonga. The Belgian midfielder from Andelex, is still being very much linked with a move to Arsenal. The Athletic revealed that we are, as a club, very intrigued by him. But there is news of some serious interest from elsewhere. No, not Leicester, thank God. Um, but Monaco are a club that have cropped up alongside the likes of AC Milan and Borussia Dortmund is very keen on the player you have to think about the Monaco in a situation where they could lose Tuchemeni uh, the midfielder that was the young Liga player of the season last year and they see Laconga as basically the perfect replacement for him uh, so that link makes complete sense whether there's credibility to it or just because it is it fits really nicely we'll have to wait and see but from what I think and what I believe from seeing and reading the reports is that that is certainly a a destination that would make a lot of sense for Lokonga. He'll be playing week in, week out for them if Tuchemeni was to leave uh, and being able to develop where he needs to. Whereas if he was to come to Arsenal, there's no guarantees that he necessarily starts because we don't know if we're going to be buying him and someone else. We don't know if we're still going to be going for a Neves or a Basuma or etc., So that's a player that uh, Arsenal will face a significant amount of uh, competition for. Let's go on to the next one, uh, which is looking at Tyler Adams, the uh, Australian-American midfielder, of course, from RB Leipzig, uh, previously of the MLS, is still being uh, linked with a move to Arsenal. His versatility and his ability to play in more than one position is certainly an attractive prospect to the Gunners. Uh, but there are some issues with trying to get him out because I, I think about this guy as someone that is an RB Leipzig. He's playing every single week. And is he really going to come to Arsenal where he's going to get maybe a bit part position in the team, not playing week in, week out in Champions League football? Maybe he would play week in, week out in the league. It just depends on where Arteta would see him playing. But we are, as always going to do a dedicated tactical breakdown looking at him. I've got a German expert lined up for you all, uh, a very good one at that too, to give you guys some information on him. So that'll be out this afternoon. At some point, I'm going to try and schedule these shows in between the fixtures of the European Championships so you guys don't have to miss any football. And in between, you can watch some tactical breakdowns as well. So that is that. Let's move on to the next and final big story of the day, which is, of course, focusing around Ben White. The Brighton centre-back is someone that is dividing plenty of opinion amongst the Arsenal fan base today. Uh, The Athletic reported yesterday that Arsenal are very, very much interested, with credible reason for them to believe that they are going to be going for him this summer and trying to communicate with Brighton the hope that they would want to bring Ben White into Arsenal's team. The figures that are being touted around are between 40 and 50 Million pounds. Obviously, that means we're going to do a tactical breakdown on Ben White, asking how good is he in comparison to say some of our other centre backs, and of course, looking at the comparison between him and Saliba and Holding and Gabriel, because I think it's important that we look across the whole defence rather than looking at how he compares maybe to some other targets in this case, because it does look as a real possible target for Arsenal this summer. Now, I did want to discuss one of the importance of this a little bit briefly on the show and get your thoughts of course in the chat box because it is causing a hell of a lot of discussion this one now for me I am a bit frustrated at some of the response to just completely uh, just throw this guy under the bus in regards to a transfer people saying he's average people saying he's not good one, you haven't watched him. <laughs> I'll just put that out there. If the if the opinion is he's average or not good, you've just not watched him properly because if you actually go and watch Brighton play or you go and watch how he's played for England the last two games, he's a good player. He's a very good player and he does really well in the Premier League and he's transitioned since his time at Leeds uh, back to Brighton exceptionally well. And he's one that looks to be on kind of a really good trajectory, watching a bit for Leeds in the Championship and how he's taken his game to the next level into the premier league it has been huge and i mean one of the really things that frustrated me yesterday was seeing people put a clip up of a game i think it was against man united where rashford just turns him inside and out and people were going oh my god look at this clip like he's awful and you're going "Are you judging him off one clip so we'll show you that video of Bamiang missing that chance against olympiacos oh look at Bamiang. he's awful this is everything it's it just it's the the blinkered nature I think we need to look at. Now it is important to, of course, remember that we have some really good defenders and think about the fact that William Saliba is at the club and we got, we're thinking about how we're going to bring him through. There's a lot of questions surrounding him, which does interest me because for uh, William Saliba is very much a liked figure from most of the Arsenal fan base. You would think uh, the, the interviews, the controversial video, none of that stuff has kind of deterred the liking of him and, and quite right. he's a good player. However, People have been able to see a hell of a lot more of Ben White, or they've been able to, doesn't necessarily mean they have in comparison to Saliba. Um, and what you would say is that his performances, Ben White, are a lot more mature than that of Saliba, despite being of just a, a young age, 22, 23 years of age. Um, statistically, interestingly, Saliba comes out improving in a number of areas, obviously playing in a, in a very different league, and that's something that you have to take into account. But it is interesting how kind of quickly people are writing Ben White off. And also the fact that Arsenal are in a situation where I always look at a team and go, if there is an opportunity to invest and be ruthless with the squads and upgrade the squads and bring in a player, no matter the position, no matter how high the priority it is, And you don't even know how much Arsenal's transfer budget is for sure. People are saying that we're going to throw all of Arsenal's budget at Ben White, which isn't true because, one, you don't know what Arsenal's budget is. Secondly, we don't know how many we're going to get rid of. And thirdly, we don't know what's coming in in regards to investment, if any, this summer. If you actually think about the fact that you've got other teams in the league that have a series of centre-backs at the club as well, Manchester City, Laporte, Ruben Diaz, Stones, Ake, they've also got a couple of youngsters there as well. Man United, uh, Lindelof, Maguire, Eric Bailly, Antoine Zabi, and they've got a couple of youngsters. Phil Jones is still there as well. Uh, Chelsea, Christensen, Zuma, uh, Rudiger and Thiago Silva all still there as well. And they've got, again, some youngsters coming through. Liverpool have just signed Ibrahima Kamate. They've got Virgil van Dijk, Joe Gomez and Joel Matip there as well. And if anything should teach you that you need a good group of centre-backs at the club, it should be Liverpool's last season. Looking at what happened to their back line when it was decimated by injury without... The relevant cover. They had to wait to January to then panic by both Ben Davies, of course, is another player you could add to that list, and Ozan Kabak. And now this summer they've gone out and signed Kanate as well. And they've still, of course, got Phillips who played there too. Um it's it just and they've obviously got Williams, Reese Williams as well, who's another youngster there too. So it, to, to the point where we're going, do we really need to invest in? Yes, we need to invest in the squad. We need to invest everywhere and upgrade in as many positions as feasibly possible. It is not about ignoring a fact that we've got these other positions that are important, and they are. And it doesn't mean that if we go and sign Ben White, we're not going to sign a central midfielder. It doesn't mean that necessarily. Arsenal's centre back situation around uh, Ben White is very much where we've got these uh, six guys here, that can play centre-back. Now, the futures of these guys are very different to one another. Holding's just signed a new deal. However, from if you, the reaction to Holding as a player amongst the Arsenal fan base is obviously very much one of, I don't think, and I think a lot of people don't think, he can be the long-term centre-back or, or option for Arsenal. And if there is a ability to upgrade on someone who has been our starting right-back this season, a right-sided centre-back this season, we should do it. William Saliba, of course, is still very much an unknown. We don't know how he will get on in the Premier League. I want to see him in the Premier League. I want to see how he gets on in the Premier League, but we don't know. We cannot come to some conclusion with any amount of legitimacy to say that, yes, he will be a success, because we don't know. The same goes for Panel, who I think is probably going to be more of a sellable asset to Arsenal this summer. I think they look at him as someone they can get a good fee for. Someone in the Bundesliga will probably move for him and try and buy him and they can get between 15 to 20, maybe even more um, in regards to €1 million that can then be added to the transfer kitty this summer. Chambers has one year left on his deal and has shown to be a very capable right-back option for us which means that we can either use him as a centre-back or a right-back. He looked very good, I thought, a right-back. Not good enough to be our starter, and that's why we should still be going out. But maybe they see Cedric as more expendable, and maybe Cedric will look for a move. I know for a fact that he wasn't particularly happy about the fact that he's not playing, and he wasn't playing at the end of last season. So maybe he will look for a move. And then you've got the left-hand side, which, by the way, I should add, is where Saliba plays. Saliba plays a hell of a lot and has done for Nice on the left side of the two central defenders. He played on the left-hand side of Fafana in a back three at Santettia. He plays a lot on the left. So Ben White coming in as a right-sided centre-back, or and in a back three, of course, as well, does not change the situation with Saliba because they play on different sides, you could argue. You could argue that Saliba's coming in to be that next guy in line to Gabriel who can play on the right and can play on either side. Pablo Marie is very much an experienced player, was very cheap, and is expendable. Let's be real. Pablo Marie, whilst as good as he has been, which is decent and solid, not outstanding, just good, he's an expendable player. He's someone that you're not looking for Arsenal for the long term. He's just there for depth and adding the cover that we needed. But if he doesn't play games because we're giving minutes to Saliba, we're giving minutes to Gabriel, we're giving minutes to Ben White next season, that's not a problem. That's really. It's not like we invested huge amounts of money in him. It's not an issue. And so we, a couple, two or three of these guys, arguably four if you include Holding, are expendable players. And then you've got a core group of, say, Saliba, Gabriel, Ben White, and then you can add one of the others to the extra four. And still, we're not getting up to that level of our other top four competitors. There is so much scope for Arsenal to improve the team. And just because we've got a situation where we need to invest In midfield, we need to invest in right-back. We need to invest in attacking midfield. Just because Arsenal are linked to a centre-back, it does not mean we are still not going to go and try and improve those areas. You've also got a factor in the point where there is a very growing suspicion in my mind that a three-at-the-back system could return to Arsenal. And you should remember that that is not a bad thing. There are plenty of teams throughout Europe that are having great success playing a three-at-the-back. Look at the Champions League winners for some inspiration. There are plenty of teams playing a three-at-the-back system that is very, very effective and having more centre-backs that play in a back three, like Ben White can, and he can play in a back four, and Saliba can play in a back four or a back three. Gabriel Oshoni can too, so has Pablo Marie. Holding, I feel like, needs a back three to be really more successful, as did David Luiz, who we've lost, by the way. And it just makes no I just, it gets really frustrated for me that it's just so easy to just cast aside and not think, not take a step back. It's something that I feel like we need to do as Arsenal fans sometimes. You need to take a breath. You need, to, when you see a, a story, don't just tweet it straight away, oh my God, not good enough, average, all this. When you see a tweet saying that Arsenal are linked to this player, just take a step back, take a breath, think about the situation, think about what, why it might be that Arsenal are linked to him. Think about how good he is. Maybe do a little bit of research. And then when you've collected your thoughts and you've actually built up an argument, then go and and tweet. Then go and give your opinion, by all means. But if you're going to let your system one brain react so quickly to a a news story, what you're going to say is is not really going to be a very measured and calm response, is what I would say. So just think about that before we go and blast players that might end up signing and being quite good for the club. Anyway... (laughs) Let's go and have a look at what you guys are saying in the chat box to round off today's show. Let me make—wow, I went for ten minutes talking about Ben White. Jesus Christ, eighteen minutes Q&A. You see, I'm writing down all of these timestamps for you. Here we go. uh Yeah, D Roberts, maybe Arteta wants to play three-four-three. 3. Maybe so. um I actually think Partey would really suit a three-four-three, 3 playing in the middle, have that security for back three behind him, so he's not always having to cover whoever's to the left of him. If you add another mobile player or another player like Ruben Neves, I think that system works really well Ruben Neves anyway has been succeeding in a back three in or rather in front of a back three so maybe that link to him is further evidence that we could be switching systems and I'm fine with it and I really would like to see Bakayo Saka be given a chance to play the left wing back role again. I loved him playing that left wing back. I thought he was great. I thought he got forwards. I thought Tierney played really well on the left-hand side of the back three as well. There's loads of opportunities. I'd still like to see Saka further up the field as well and playing in the front three too. But he can play that role Really, really well with a player in front of him that he can combine with, overlap, get the the, the, the triangles working. I mean, the goal that we scored against Crystal Palace—if you think back to the end of the season, where he was overlapping with Tierney and Smith Rowe and the heel and all that, and crossing for Pepe—those types of triangles happen so much more often when you're playing a three-four-three system. And it's just for me, it really works, and and I quite like it. Um, I'm not saying that we have to go to a back three; that we can go, we can stick with the back four. But I actually think there is a lot of scope for us to use that formation in a really successful and effective way. I think it also combats other sides playing a back three that often overrun us in the wide areas when we're playing simply a back four. And so we often fail against those teams because we can't cope with the overloads in the wide areas. So it's really important for that um scrubber steve says do you think we can find better value for money than spending 50 million pound on ben white i won't bemoan the deal if we do it and it is a good question steve i think it's important to ask is 40 to 50 million pounds why am I so small 50 to 50 40 to 50 million pounds is a lot of money it is the money that you pay at the moment for that type of center back and the amount of people going, oh, it's English tax. You can't afford to buy into English tax. It's just exists. It's just one of those things. It's a premium on Premier League players and English players. And when you combine those two together, it's even more. I mean, you look at the figure for Jaden Sanchak going right now. It's going to be upwards of 100 million still. And you look at like John Stones, how much he went for, Maguire, how much he went for, how much Leicester bid for for Dunk from Brighton that got rejected, which was around 40 million pounds they are expensive english center backs are expensive but they can be really really worth it and especially if you find one that is on the way up like ben white is it could be really interesting to see how he gets on and that's what frustrates me about the, just wiping that off the just wiping him off the slate no not interested don't want him that's not that's not the way to approach the deal um is there other options out there of course there is but Arsenal find themselves in a situation right now where we haven't got any champions, any European football, for that matter, where we need a rebuild, where we need to be smart with the decisions that we make. And is the likes of Jules Kunda, is the likes of Tap going to want to come in? It's going to be really difficult to convince them and for their clubs to be convinced to selling them. This. And, I mean, we've heard the rumours that Kunda is not interested in the move to Arsenal, despite Arsenal's interest. And we know that Arsenal are very much interested in a centre-back this summer. That seems very clear from the amount of players it'll be being linked to. Um, Alan says, do you honestly think any player who has Champions League next year will come to Arsenal? Yes, I still do believe that because I think there is the attraction of finance, finances, the attraction of London, the attraction of Arsenal itself is still a very attractive thing. And we hear that from people that are very much really genuinely in the know in the transfer market about players' opinions of Arsenal. It's just when Arsenal have to compete against other players Champions League clubs like Chelsea, United, and City. That's when they will find it difficult. So that's that's the struggle that they will have. Um, Esteban says, how do we not like a 22-year-old English international that is showing a lot of potential? It beats me, Matt. It beats me. Uh, let's scroll up a little bit more. Uh, Robin says, wouldn't a back three formation means losing a lot of talent on the bench? Tierney-Gabriel, and if we get a number 10, it would be redundant. Not necessarily, because it depends on the number 10 you get. It depends on where they play. I mean, you look at Rodrigo de Paul, for instance, who we've been linked to. Can play as a number 10, has played in more of a reserved 8-10 role for Udinese when they've been playing their 3-5-2 formation. Um, so it really depends on who we sign. And we you do need... You do need variation. We we are in, believe it or not, there are three competitions. (laughs) People are just completely disregarding the FA Cup and the League Cup. I want to see Arsenal, without European football, going for the Cups next season still. Trust me, I want to get into Champions League. That's the priority. But without European football, I would still very much like us to compete for trophies next year. I I love competing for trophies. I love going to finals. And frankly, our, our reputation in the League Cup is a joke um it's it's something that we should improve on it sets you up really well for the rest of the season I mean you look at how Man City use it as a basic springboard for them towards the end of the campaign and also winning the FA Cup of course there there are benefits of that too I just like us to, to you know have an actual opportunity of of having enough of a squad to go in those three competitions at the same time whilst maintaining the quality that you need in the Premier League. Um, and for those going, oh, the FA Cups don't matter. Well, the amount of people that were moaning at Arteta for rotating heavily against Southampton in the FA Cup, <laughs> the hypocrisy is real, people. It is real. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit more and get some more questions. Yeah, says, does Arteta's centre-back obsession and goalkeeper interest not suggest that the attackers at the club were inhibited by the back five last season? I mean, centre-back obsession is a bit of a strange term seeing as it's an area of the pitch where we do need to improve on the players that are there. Uh, so, obsession or savviness—probably the latter, to be honest. Um, I don't think there's inhibit. I don't think you can say there is a restriction on what a back five does, depending on how you use the back five or the back three, whatever you want to call it. Depends the system that you use. Depends the success of the players in the different positions. I don't think I looked at Chelsea last season and went, oh, yes, two systems really inhibiting their players. No, not at all. It depends how you use the system and what players are used in different areas. Adam says, why is Saliba getting constantly disrespected? He still hasn't kicked a ball for the Arsenal. Um, I don't know what you mean by disrespect. I think there's no, uh, a level of uh, perspective that you need regarding Saliba and you bring it up in the comment. He hasn't kicked a ball yet for Arsenal. So I think for me, it's very much about being and staying grounded about William Saliba and trying to understand that we are yet to see what he's capable of. So there's no point me getting my hopes up about Saliba being an absolute world beater and him being this unbelievable player that he's going to be the next Varane, et cetera, because they're just words right now. We've seen a glimpse of what he's capable of in Liga, and we need to see whether he can translate that to the Premier League. Some players can. Some players have done it really successfully. His old teammate, Wesley Fofana, towards the end of the season – was looking well, you know. He had up and I, don't, I can't believe he got into some. I think he did. He get into a team of the season somewhere. Um, I couldn't believe he got into that. But still, he transitioned and he was able to work well in the Premier League. You look at Gabriel at Arsenal. Started off really well and has tailed off a little bit. So it depends how Saliba transitions. It's a really difficult area of the pitch to to know how a player is going to work because you're up against completely different level forwards to defend against on a more consistent basis whilst Liga is improving the level of forwards in Liga in comparison to across the Premier League is obviously very different and so therefore it's how you compete and compare and also Saliba has been playing in a back three which if it happens at Arsenal which I'm fine with but if he goes into a back four at Arsenal um I suppose that's yeah although he has played in a back four as well at Nice alongside Jean-Claire Taddebo so but he played in the back three a lot at saint as well so there's a lot to think about. There's, there's a lot to think about. Um, Emmanuel says, keep Ainsley um, for a back three, because if you compare his performances in games uh, he played last season in the wingback position to the West wingbacks uh, this season, he would probably come in the second to Rhys James. It's a big shout, um, but maybe as a good point. If we are going to switch to a three at the back system, is it worth selling someone like Cedric or selling someone like Chambers and then keeping hold of Ainsley McNiles, is it is it worth doing that? Is he going to want to stay? Because from his comments, it's very very difficult. Jasmine says, "I'll say twenty million upfront for Ben White with a further twenty million based on add-ons." Uh, I think you're more likely to see twenty million upfront, fifteen million in instalments, and five to ten million in add-ons rather than that. I don't think anyone's going to go for twenty million in add-ons. Usually, add-ons are very very small in comparison to the first payment. Um, but, yeah, people are saying, of course, but you look at the figure, don't we? You look at 50 million or 40 million and we go, oh, my God, that's so much money. But, you know, you forget that that will include bonuses, add-ons and structures. Like, we don't know how it's going to be paid. And also, it's not even our money. Like, <laughs> we always forget this. It's like at the end of the day, as long as Arsenal sign a good player, that's all I care about. Like I'm not really fussed about how much it costs. I just want them to do really well. That's all I want. But there is some interesting statistics about obviously how Arsenal have signed or however many starters since 2013, and we've never made a profit on any of them. And that is really bad. But there is also an element of like, if you sign a player and they absolutely smash it, the, the price they cost kind of goes to your back of your mind, especially if you end up adding a fair few other players as well. If you start adding your Basumas, adding your Neves, adding your your Celics or your right backs, whoever you want, your errands, It's for me, it's 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 happenstance like it's it's just a figure it's just a number on a screen as a friend of mine would say so just yeah you know it's there you go uh tom are you uploading on spotify anymore uh i can't really yeah i should be john i don't know why hold on I'll, I'll make sure i double check that's going up there today's will definitely go up so apologies if it's not gone up uh no sleep says seems uh hold on i've missed that comment now oh Where's it gone? No Sleep says, seems like a 3-4-3 three, three, uh, for a counter-attacking style, but Arteta seems to have a favour in a possession-based style this season. Shouldn't we focus on getting that right after changing up again? Well, I mean, you, we can say, should we focus on getting it right? But last season, whatever we were doing wasn't working, and that's why we ended up where we were. So, arguably, we should focus on doing what we need to do to improve. Does it mean refining a system that's got us to eighth in the league? I don't know. Um, it's very, very tricky to, to work out. Anyway, we are going to wrap today's show up there. Absolute pleasure, as always, guys, to speak to you. I will see you again very, very soon. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'll speak to you about the Tyler Adams Tactical Breakdown. I'll be doing the Ben White Tactical Breakdown as well. Plenty of content coming your way. Make sure you drop a like on the channel and subscribe. If you are new with those notifications turned on, it's been a pleasure, as always. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget snatching all 3 points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.